0: Well, this morning we're continuing our sermon series, looking at some of the most famous teaching of Jesus, which is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's the teaching of how to live in the kingdom of God, how to live out your Christian life. So this morning our passage is from Matthew 7, and I'm actually going to read from verse 13 and it's to uh, 20. And it's a really challenging passage. It says this, Verse 13 of Matthew 7. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. See, Jesus has already just previously been talking about how to live a holy life. And the fine line between hypocrisy, that is being like two-faced, and a genuine life dedicated to God. He's already talked about giving, about fasting, and praying. And he's challenged us to do it for God, not for show. Now Jesus tells us there's a narrow gate to enter his kingdom. In fact, it was Jesus that also said he was that gate. And he says of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me see only jesus christ dying on the cross being resurrected from the grave taking our sin our wrongdoing upon himself can we know forgiveness can we know the father who loves and cares for us only jesus can remove the barrier that separates us from god and false prophets, false teaching will come and twist this truth and deny or add to that truth. See, what the false prophets will do this and say, oh no, there's not just two ways. There's not a narrow way and a, and a broad way. There are many ways to know God. There's many ways you, you can be saved in the end. It's a wide gate. It's a broad path. And of course, it doesn't lead to destruction. Now, of course, Jesus, when he's speaking, he's speaking particularly to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're the very religious people of their time. And Jesus often warned his disciples about them. See, a false prophet will be like these very religious people. They will portray a hypocritical, pretentious self-righteousness, but actually have no personal relationship with God And no fruit coming out of their lives. Their external works and deeds weren't motivated by a friendship with God, but for show. And the characteristics of living a godly life for God, which Jesus has been telling us about in this teaching of the Sermon on the Mount, is not shown just in the outworking of our lives, but the inward fruit and the outward fruit it produces. See, religion likes rituals, clever words, practice, but often will end up making you feel condemned and not able to make the mark. And Jesus is giving us a warning not to be deceived. There will be false prophets. Do you know there are false prophets today and false teaching? See, false prophets don't introduce themselves as such. They kind of don't wear a name tag. Hello, welcome. My name's Reverend Wolf. Yep. This is what makes false teachers so dangerous. They come as wolves dressed as sheep. The most greedy, vicious animal disguised as one of the most harmless of animals. And that's the deceitfulness of the false prophet and false teaching. See, I love the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses when they come to my door because they're beautiful people. They're wonderful people. But this is what they tell you. say, well, we are Christians. Well, <laughs> we believe the same as you. However, Mormonism or the Church of the Latter-day Saints, they have their own succession of false prophets beginning with Joseph Smith, they can use the same languages. You can, they use some of the same hymns. They're family-friendly. They pass themselves off as another Christian church, but they deny the uniqueness of Jesus, that he is the eternal son of God. See, Jehovah's Witnesses, they use the same talk. They talk about Jesus. They say they know the Bible. In fact, they often know it better than I do. But they affirm what is an ancient heresy called the Arian heresy. That there was a time when the Son was not. That Jesus was not the eternally begotten Son of God. He hasn't always been. He's not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they teach the salvation of works rather than of God's grace. And of course we have other religions like Islam that claim to have the same God. And again, beautiful people speak well of Jesus. But they still just claim Jesus was just a prophet, not Jesus, the Son of God. Beware. Beware thinking, oh, we're just the same, or it's so similar. No, Jesus said he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. It's interesting on the internet or TV and social media, particularly in the last year, Everybody's gone online, haven't they? People are saying, well, I'm a pastor, I'm a prophet. And they can appear good, but they can spread false teaching. Just because they have a YouTube channel doesn't make them genuine. We have the health and wealth gospel that says you should be rich, you should be prosperous, you should be successful in your business. A broad gate, a broad way where you can bring all the baggage with you that you like. Evangelists that profit and profit from getting your money. Healers who do the work for money. Then, of course, we have liberal theologians in the pulpits of some churches who say, well, heaven and hell, they're a myth. A God of love won't send people to separation from him. The philosophies of the age, relativism, where there's no absolute, there's no absolute truth. Modern psychology that makes sin a sickness rather than our responsibility. The Bible says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. This morning, I went to the church post box and there was a letter addressed to the pastor pastors and the congregation of jubilee church hall and it was very important must be read Uh, there it is i'm not going to read it to you but i'll just tell you a few things it says we get these quite regularly so they quote revelation that's often how they start as soon as you see that and it's about the number 666 and so they've got corona you know anybody heard the word corona not the pop (laughs) C equals 3, 0 equals 15, R equals 18, 0 equals 15, N equals 14, A equals 1, 3 plus 15 plus 18 plus 15 plus 14 plus 1 equals 66. There's six letters in corona, so you add that to 66 and guess what you get? 666! Six, six, six. Would you have believed it? So... We're not preaching the true gospel here because uh, we do believe that you should uh, vaccinate yourselves. But anyway, what, oh, wait a minute. What does it say here? The vaccination is to kill off all the Africans. It's a plot. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, the Pfizer executives haven't actually taken the vaccine themselves. Um, that Jesus is going to bring judgment on everybody who has the vaccine, and actually the vaccine has something in it that's going to stop us believing in God. Now that might sound fanciful and real, but people read the Facebook, read the internet, they add 2 plus 2, and they get 22. It's absolute rubbish. So I have read it. If you're watching this, and of course they never put a signature on these things, but it's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's false teaching. And that's what happened. But see, we can recognize that we think, isn't it ridiculous? But this teaching can come to us. And we can be swayed and influenced and and begin to think things. But actually, this teaching will destroy us ultimately. And false prophets are like wolves. They want to tear the church apart. They're often anti-church, in fact. See, the wolf was the natural enemy of the sheep. These sheep are naturally entirely defenseless and the wolf if it got among the sheep would absolutely ravish them therefore jesus said the good shepherd is always in on the lookout for the sheep and always looks out for wolves but a man who is hired to do the good, good job of a shepherd that isn't really a shepherd doesn't really love or care for his sheep see if you're hired as a shepherd they're not really your flock When danger comes, they just run away, whereas the shepherd will lay down his life for the flock. And Jesus says the elders of the church are not to just be served and sit on their authority, but they're to serve the church and to lay their lives down, to stand on God's truth and Elders are called to be shepherds of the flock. That's why in this church we have elders that will love and cherish the word of God and make sure we keep strong to the word of God. We're not influenced by the world. We're not influenced by philosophies and all kinds of false teaching. We're a church that wants to preach the whole word of God and wants people to understand it so they can live out their lives following Jesus. And then Jesus changed the picture from sheep and wolves to trees and their fruit. See, from sheep's clothing, which a wolf might wear, to a tree, to fruit which a tree must bear. But the difference is, there's two illustrations in this. See, a wolf can disguise himself, but actually a tree cannot disguise its fruits. Its fruits declares what it really is, what kind of tree it is. See, verse 16 and 20 repeat the same statement. By their fruits you shall know them. Now, in Matthew 7, verse 1, Jesus taught that his followers must not judge lest they be judged. See, that doesn't mean we shouldn't call out sin or wrongdoing like I have and thrown the paper on the floor. We must declare what is false teaching. But what we must do is first call it out in ourselves. We must take the plank out of our own eye before we take the speck out of another's. See, we still have to be careful in our attitudes. A judgmental attitude takes joy in the failings of others. It's a way of exalting ourselves by pulling others down. Jesus does call us to be discerning, but he doesn't give us the freedom to be what I would call heresy hunters, hunters. Attacking every doctrinal or moral failure of others. Do you know what? I haven't got it all right. Do you know that? Oh, thank you. There's a a gasp. Because you thought I was perfect. You thought I understood that and I understood the word of God. Do you know, when I go to heaven, there's going to be things that I've taught and I thought, that wasn't quite right. But do you know what? As long as we stick to the fundamental truths of the gospel, that's all that matters And God is revealing truth. We see through a glass dimly. You see, that's why at Jubilee Church, we love to work with other churches across this city and across the world. Even though there might be some things of their doctrine, doctrine is their teaching, that we think, I don't quite see that in the word of God. But some things aren't so black and white. Some things really are clear. So we love them. We work with them. We don't just judge them. Well, our church is better than yours because we wave our hands in worship and you kneel down when you worship. No, we don't judge. But what we do is we do call out false doctrine, and we, as a church, we protect God's word in that. We must be gracious, therefore, when others say things that we don't quite agree with, but help point them to the truth. See, when it comes to the gospel, though, Paul said anybody who taught another gospel should be accursed. That means condemned to hell. So the truth of the gospel, there is only one truth. And there are false prophets out there. There's a false doctrines out there. And the false prophet and the false doctrine can only bring bad fruit. Often that is judgment. Often that is condemnation. Often the fruit of a false prophet will lead you in fear or confusion. You know, just before Easter, somebody again sent me something on the internet. We shouldn't be celebrating Easter and Christmas. There's been some new revelation that they've got off the internet. Oh my goodness. we had 2,000 years of church history where we have celebrated Easter and Christmas. So now you, the doctrine of the early church fathers and the word of God is now saying we shouldn't do that. It's false teaching. It distracts you. because gives you fear it. It restricts you. That's what the fruit of this teaching does. So there are some helpful questions to think about whether it is false teaching. The first thing is this, where does the message come from? Is it from God's word or is it a cleverly invented story? What is the substance of the message? Is Jesus Christ central? Is it unifying or is it divisive? Where will the message leave you? Closer to Jesus or further from him and his church? Fourthly, what kind of people does this message produce? See, good trees will have good fruit. Bad trees will have poisonous fruit. Number five, why should you listen to this message? Because it's God's word and his plan? Or somebody's preference or opinion? And sixthly, where does this message ultimately take you? Does it make you closer to making Jesus Lord? Does it propel you to share the good news and serve the poor? See, God's plan is that we are transformed into the likeness and image of his son, Jesus. And any teaching that doesn't do that is false teaching and will often come from a teacher with ungodly motives. So as we've considered false prophets, well, what a tough thing to talk about, isn't it? And what they produce. But every Christian, including you and I, when people look at us, they should look and be able to see fruit in our own lives. For every Christian who follows Jesus. Why? Because as a disciple of Jesus, you will produce spiritual fruit. Jesus said, My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. John 15, verse 8. Let's just consider that as I finish and the band just come up. What is the fruit? What is the fruit that God wants us to bear? What is this good fruit that should be demonstrated? Well, Galatians 5:22 to 23 says this. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So the opposite it's just mentioned in the verses of Galatians 5, 19 to 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before. I warn you, as I did before, that those who will live like this won't inherit the kingdom of God. See, for each of us, we have a personal responsibility as we live for Jesus to be bearing good fruit, to choose to live our lives differently. And so when others look at us, and not saying we're perfect, we're better than you, but the fruit of love and joy and patience. And I still fail at this every day. But I'm saying, God, help me to be more patient and loving towards people. Help me to care for people more. Help me to have more self-control because I want that fruit of my life to reflect who Jesus is. Do you? Yes, Yes. Amen. So do I. Are you producing fruit or is the opposite true? Instead of love, is there hatred and bitterness or even prejudice in your life? Instead of joy, is there constant gloom? Instead of peace, is there turmoil? Instead of gentleness, is there a short temper? Instead of faith, is there endless worry? Instead of meekness, hump humility, is there pride and arrogance? Instead of self-control, are you a victim of your own passions? This morning, we all need God's help to change, don't we? To grow more fruit, to be more like Jesus. I wonder what challenge is coming to you this morning. Is there false teaching that you need to stop watching or listening to? Is there certain books you think, actually, it's not helping me come to Jesus. It's just making things more divisive. It's separating me from him and his church. Do you need to re-engage with his church in order to grow as a Christian and feel the protection a church would bring with leaders that want to live in humility and are willing to lay down their lives... For the sheep because that's what we're wanting to do here at jubilee we don't always get it right but we're wanting to lay down our lives to protect god's people to pastor people well let's just stand together as we pray maybe you're feeling challenged this morning maybe there are things particularly in the last year you know sometimes it's so subtle we can watch stuff we can misinterpret stuff we can read stuff and it just begins to bring division in our lives. We listen to false teaching. We, you know, I love a lot of the Christian media, but a lot of it just distracts us from Jesus and serving in his church. Maybe you just need to lay some of that down. But for all of us, I'm sure, there's things in our life right now we say, God, I want you to work and help me. I want to have those fruits of the Holy Spirit worked out in my life why don't we just lift our hands to God it's a way of saying God I submit to you God I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit because actually do you know what the Pharisees and Sadducees tried to do it in their own efforts and strength but God has given us the Holy Spirit it's the Holy Spirit that produces fruit in us so let's be open Holy Spirit come and fill us Lord where we're impatient where we're rude where we're arrogant Where we just want to cause division, where we want to upset, where we bring fear, Lord, we want to have, instead of those things, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Where we're short-tempered, Lord, give us patience. Lord, where we lack love for others, give us more love. Holy Spirit, help us to be kind. Lord, let us be known as people who are kind and loving and thankful and grateful and full of peace. Just where we are, Let's just receive the Holy Spirit as we sing this song of response asking the Holy Spirit to fill us to flood us to move in us and as he moves in us and it moves us out into the world to bring the good news of Jesus come Holy Spirit As the Spirit was moving over
1: the water, Spirit come move over us Come rest on us, come rest on us As the Spirit was moving over the water Spirit come move over us Come rest on us, come rest on us So come down Spirit when you move you make my heart When you move, you make my heart tired When you feel the room You're here and I know you will move
0: I'm here and I know you will feel me Let's just out uh, the presence of God, God's here with us He just wants to fill us with your peace right now for fear, if you're feeling fearful, just allow God's peace to fill you now. Just the presence of God, let him draw near to you. If you're sick this morning, allow God's healing presence to come upon you. We command sickness and pain to go in Jesus' name. And we speak healing and strength to bodies now. Holy Spirit, come and do your work. Holy Spirit, lift people's eyes to Jesus right now. Holy Spirit, draw them more in love with Jesus. Jesus, draw close. If you're at home, allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you now. His presence, his power to change, to come and equip us as we go into all that God's got for us in this week. Just allow the Holy Spirit to hear from him, to breathe love and kindness and goodness and grace, to bring this good news of Jesus.